Hello, and thanks for listening with us today. We are the Beach Church. We are real people trying to show real love from a real God. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and that you continue to stay with us. We are encouraged by everyone who listens. We hope that you are blessed today by everything that we talk about. See you guys. Take care. Appreciate you for your faithfulness and your continued worship in the Lord. It's so good to be able to worship the Lord together. Amen. You know you're having church when you're sweating. You got to bring out the sweat rag. Uh, it's hot, but uh, we're we're thankful to be able to worship the Lord today and to to exert the energy to be able to do it. Uh, he's worthy of our praise, and so uh, we're honored to be able to do that. And I appreciate you for taking time to to worship with us. It's an honor to be able to do that. It gives us an opportunity to come together and to worship the Lord together. And so it's beautiful to do that. In doing that, we kind of connect together heaven and earth, right? That's the powerful reality of it, that as we are worshiping the Lord here, there are those worshiping him around the throne, uh, and we are converging together in a beautiful reality. It's what, when we hear phrases like communion of saints, it's not just of those that are here, but it's those that are in heaven as well that have gone on before us. And so uh, today we're going to be talking about legacy. And, and what, a, what a great way to remember legacy uh, in thinking about the family reunion that we have every time we come together to worship. That there are people in heaven that are worshiping God. That we're worshiping God. And that heaven and earth are converging together. And it's a beautiful display of his goodness and his greatness. And so we, we, we're thankful for that this morning. We want to uh, get into God's word this morning. But before we do... We want to say a quick word of prayer that the Lord would continue to honor us today with his word. We appreciate your faithfulness. Uh, many of you have bought a book, uh, either a healthy church or healthy home, uh, and the proceeds go towards building churches in Peru, and I'd like to give you guys updates as things are happening with that, and so uh, we have enough money to build a second church, and now we're working on building a third church um, so that in August when the missionary comes, we want to try to talk about what it would look like um, in building those uh, two other churches and then maybe even sending some of our uh, representatives there uh, in Peru to build those churches. And so they usually go in January. Uh, and so it's a wonderful opportunity to be able to build the kingdom, literally, but also to be uh, hands and feet in doing that. And so we have labor that has already been established there over the years. And so we appreciate you for your faithfulness in doing that. Uh, and we appreciate and and just are so thankful for you and and accommodating us as we go through these studies together. Um, we have this uh, chapter, and then the next chapter, Our Guiding Light, and that'll finish up Healthy Home, and then we'll take the month of August, basically, and we will um, just work on some other things as we're getting ready for uh, September when we relaunch healthy, uh, relaunch healthy Relationships. And so we just appreciate you for being faithful uh, in doing that and for us to continue to honor the Lord there. And so <clears throat> let's pray this morning. Lord, we thank you that you cause all Scripture to be written for our learning. But we pray that you would grant us to hear the words today, to read them, to mark them, to learn them, and inwardly digest them, Lord, that by patience and the comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast to the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, 
forever and ever. We thank you for that, Lord. And we praise you. Be glorified today in everything that's said and done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I want to talk to you about building for the future. Part of building a healthy home and part of building a legacy is about connecting with those that are going to come after you so that they can catch the vision, they can catch the same passion, and that they can continue on with that passion. And so building for the future is an important component in building a healthy home. And if you are by yourself right now or you don't feel like that you've established a home, but you have a desire to do that, and you know that's one day something you're going to do, there's going to be a time in your life whether you are young or old, where you have the responsibility of passing on to others something that you have learned and something that you have built, and your hope is that they would continue to grow from that, that they would continue to build on the legacy that you've given them. And so I'm going to read a few verses this morning as we talk about this truth, and we're going to just talk for a few moments about the importance of building a legacy. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21, it says, There are many plans in a person's mind. But it is the counsel of the Lord that will stand. Now, how many of you have ever made plans before? Most of us have made plans about something, right? And in making those plans, we inevitably have to deal with the reality that sometimes plans change, right? And so we've even developed phrases and certain um, you know, ways of thinking in our society to overcome the reality that we planned something and it just didn't work out that way. We have things like uh, phrases like recalibration, right? Refocus, reset, right? Reconfigure, right? We're going we're gonna, we're gonna, to we're gonna refocus. We're going we're gonna to adjust. We're going to be uh, able to make adjustments uh, and all those things to kind of give it a positive spin. When in reality, is we, we planned something, and it just didn't go as planned, right? So that's usually an outside source that causes that issue, right? So we plan to have uh, a good day, and then something happens, and then the day just starts to unravel. Well, there are also things in our lives that we used to be passionate about. You guys remember being passionate about something, and then as you look back on it now, you're like, man, that was really stupid. Why was I so passionate about that? Right? You guys remember when, um, and if you're still, this is still your passion, God bless you. There's no disrespect. But do you guys remember when Beanie Babies were a big deal? People would go and shop, and they would scour for Beanie Babies, right? And they would have a whole list. And you had, there are some people that had display cases of their Beanie Babies, right? And you're talking dedication, right? Now you look back on that, and you're like, oh, man, was that, was that even something to do, right? So even like, um, you remember when all the ladies were, were in LuLaRoe? You guys remember that clothing on LuLaRoe? LuLaRoe was awesome, right? I even wanted to wear some of it, but I couldn't. It looked awesome, right? Everybody wore it, and then all of a sudden, now you go into places, and people are, like, just trying to give away their LuLaRoe stuff because it's like it went from one place and it went to the other, right? And there's so many different things that people have been passionate about, right? There are different causes that people have been passionate about. And the danger sometimes in our lives when we think about us making plans and what this uh, verse is really trying to identify to us, and I think it will help us understand what it means to build uh, for the future is that whether we make plans and those plans change or whether we are passionate about something one day and then we lose our passions, it tells us something about ourselves. It tells us that we are unreliable, that our plans and the things that we set out to do don't always happen. And so if our plans are to, to, to do something, it doesn't happen, we can either get frustrated or we can adjust, right? And so thankfully, many of us adjust and we recalibrate. We keep going forward. 
Right? The Bible gives us proof of that when it talks about when you fall, get back up, keep going. Right? But if you're passionate about something one day and the next day you're, you're not passionate about anything else, um, it makes it difficult for you to build a, a sustaining, secure life if you're just basing it off of uh, what your plans are or what you're passionate about. Because it changes. Now, so many people have made serious life choices on those two extremes. And at times, those have worked out, and at other times, they haven't. And it teaches us something about ourselves, that we are unreliable. But the text also reveals to us a truth that can give us hope today, that the counsel of the Lord will stand. Now, if you read that and you understand what is being said here, the counsel of the Lord, you have to understand it from the perspective of instruction, guidance, the way of the Lord. So what this proverb is saying is that people make many plans, and if it's their ideas and it's filtered through their passion, it's probably going to change or might not happen completely the way they think. But the counsel of the Lord will stand because it never changes. It never goes away. It will always be there. It's enduring forever. Right? The Bible describes the word of the Lord as a secure, solid, foundational truth that we can build our lives on. And so this is what he's saying. The counsel of the Lord will never change. And that's important because if I'm passionate about this one day, and I'm going hardcore on that, but I have nothing to anchor me, nothing to, to hold me from going crazy, I could be the person that is screaming from the rooftops about I'm passionate about this today, and then tomorrow I'm passionate about this, and then people that step back and watch the circus oftentimes go, what a lunatic, right? They're passionate about this one day, and they're passionate about this the other day, and they don't even realize how much they're, they're just going crazy. My dad, before he got saved, was full of passion in so many areas of his life. And so when he was passionate about something, he would go all in on it. And we remember growing up as a child, we used to make jokes about it. I mean, it was good for me because when he bought gifts, he bought the best gifts. Right? When he, when he, when he built something, he built it the best. But he also did the same when he was into something, right? So, you know, I'm just going to go through the list in no particular order, but this just describes some of the passions that my dad had in his life. My dad was passionate about fishing, and so he bought the most expensive bass boat you could buy. I mean, the thing was fast. It was beautiful. He'd park it in the garage. I think he took it out three times. And then he lost interest, and so he got rid of the boat. Then he got into cars, and so he bought a muscle car, and he built this muscle car, and it was fast. I mean, it was one of those, like, 10-second, hardcore, no computerized cars. I mean, he spent money on this thing. And then he got into that, and then he got out of it. And then it wasn't, wasn't a big deal to him anymore. And then he, he decided, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into music. So then he turned his whole garage into a studio, bought the best musical equipment you can find, and was going to learn how to play the bass and all these different instruments, right? So he moved everything out. And once that was done, he ended up giving that bass to my brother-in-law, and, and he still has it to this day. My nephew plays it. So it worked out good for them. But, and then he, turned, he went from music to woodworking, right? So then he converted all the musical equipment out, and he turned the whole garage into, um, like, 
this old house by Bob Vila or whatever. It was like shopsmith stuff as far as the eye could see. I mean, he had the vacuum system, the filtration system. He had everything, right? You'd walk into there, and if you were a craftsman or a carpenter, you'd be like, wow, this is impressive, right? Well, he did that for a few things. He made a couple of pieces. He was really good at it, but then he lost his passion in that, and then he moved on. Then he got back into cars, and he said, I'm going to buy a Jeep, and he bought a Jeep, and he fixed up the Jeep, and then he got rid of the Jeep because it wasn't that it was a money pit, right? So then he got rid of it. Um, and then he said, you know, I'm going to get into to, to archery, right? So he bought the most expensive equipment you could get in archery, right? You're getting the point, right? And I'm not exaggerating. These are all things that my dad got into, spent a lot of money on, and then he would get out of it. And it went on and on, music, ammunition, everything, right? And then he finally realized at the end of his life that all those passions that he was trying to connect to didn't really give him the fulfillment that he needed. And so Thankfully, when he gave his heart to the Lord, his passion was uh, him, and that sustained him. But in our lives, we end up going from passion to passion to passion until we realize that we need to build our lives on him. Now, the other things that we do, if, it's, if he is our source, then those things will flourish. Those things will, will be something he has gifted us and given us the ability to do, but ultimately, our source is him. And that matters when it comes to building a legacy because sometimes when we are setting out to do the work that God has called us to do and we're building for the future and we're trying to develop a lifestyle that those that are going to come after us are going to be able to continue to live with and to grow and to flourish and to, and to, to nurture, we get weary sometimes. How many are tired of being nice sometimes? Right? Sometimes we're tired of being good. We're tired of doing what's right. Sometimes we just want to be mean. We want to be angry. We want to tell people what we want to tell them. Uh, and so I think they call it in our culture being a realist. Really, it's just being a jerk, right? But, but most people want, want to be that way, right? Sometimes we just stop. We just, it hurts us, right? You can see it in someone's face, right? If they've been nice for so long, their body starts to shut down internally. And you can see it like they're twitching and they're really, they're sweating, uh, a lot like I am today. And, 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 you go like, man, there's something wrong with that person. It's because they're tired of being nice. They have to, have to be. They, all of us get that way at times, right? Well, when it comes to living for the Lord, there's no difference in that. We grow weary sometimes in well-doing. And so as much as we build our lives on the Lord, it's still possible for us to get discouraged along the way. So no matter where you're at, if you are uh, making plans and you have all these goals and you're getting discouraged when things don't happen the way that they happen and you are letting all of your passions draw you away from really seeking the Lord like you're supposed to. Or you find yourself committed to Him, but you're struggling. we got to find ourselves, uh, hopefully, encouragement today that we are not alone in that. Right? When Paul was writing to the church in Galatia, he said, We must not grow weary in doing good. For in due time we will reap if we do not give up. Now, I'm going to prove to you that these two verses are pivotal and foundational in us realizing how it works in building a house and how it works in relation to how we are building our lives. Because if you're standing in the, in the, the course of your life and you're trying to do what's right, there's going to be times where you grow weary. There's going to be times where you lose heart. You can't give up. Because if you stop, then you won't build the legacy that you need. So we're going to look at a few areas of why this matters. If you are building for the future and you begin to establish a legacy, it will create emotional well-being and personal values in your lives. 
Now, this is an important thing that you need to understand. Some of you are at the point in your lives where everything before you was chaos. Everything before you was disaster. And you think that there's no way that you want to build on that legacy because all of that is disaster, chaos, hurt, pain, destruction. You have an opportunity, if you build your life on Jesus, to change the legacy of your family with just one person. And so some of us are at a point of building, and some of us are at a point of sustaining what has been passed down to us to continue to grow it, to keep it, to cultivate it. But when you get to that point where you realize that everyone in your family has missed the mark and you don't have any good examples to follow, or at least maybe in their immediate family, and you want to make a commitment to live for the Lord, it may be difficult to build something. It is not easy to start something from scratch. But the encouraging thing is that you're not alone. That not only are there people around you who are working through those same struggles in, your, in their lives, but you have a God in heaven that loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you, that as that son ascended after his resurrection, he's at the right hand of the Father and he's praying for us. And he sent us a helper in the Holy Spirit to give us the ability to be able to make it. And so we can make it. But what happens if you begin to break those chains, because some of you are dealing with issues today that, are, that have been passed down to you. Some of you are living lifestyles that are going to affect those that, have, that are going to come after you. And you have a choice today. Do you want to establish emotional health, spiritual health, and well-being in your lives and your legacy, or do you want to continue to perpetuate chaos? That's the choice we have to make today. All of us have to make that choice. Because as much as one generation could change the course of, of their family, one generation could also cause it to go off the, the deep end. Right, we see that played out in Scripture where God moved through a generation, and then when that generation died, those that came after them didn't have the same passion for God. And we saw the suffering that ensued because of it. You know, my grandmother, I've told this story before, but my grandmother was 12 years old when she accepted Jesus as her Savior. She was the first person in our family to accept Christ, 12 years old. And because of her, her grandparents, all of her siblings, all of her cousins, everybody in the family got saved. Her and my grandfather uh, had children and raised family. And, and, and just their family, there are 69 people in the immediate family in relation to my grandmother and grandfather. So that's my aunts, my uncles, my mom, all my cousins, my dad, my sisters, their children, all that, 69. Out of those 69, every single one of them are living for the Lord, right? Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm thankful for that, right? Ten of them are pastors. Fifteen of them are worship leaders. Over 20 of them are lay leaders in churches. So there's like 15 churches represented. I'm not saying all that to, to brag or to put anybody on a pedestal. I'm saying that if a 12-year-old girl didn't commit her life to the Lord, the possibility of that happening was slim. And then for that 12-year-old girl to be so committed to the Lord that if she was the only one in her family that lived for the Lord, she was going to. But God was faithful to use her to bring 69 people to the Lord. And in her funeral, there were over 300 people that were there, and so many of them that had gone on to touch lives, countless numbers of people, said that it was because of her faithfulness that, that led them to the Lord. And so that's a powerful legacy that I have to go, man, i got to not screw this up. <laughs> because... She has endured, and she has received the reward of her suffering, and she's gone beyond the veil now. 
and she's in the throne, and she's surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, and she uh, is, is there worshiping the Father. I'm sure her reception was immense. But there's some fascinating things about her life that uh, need to be stated. So she was saved when she was 12, and then when she was 18 years old, she met my grandfather, a squirrely dude from East Lake, North Carolina, who got, got married to her, and uh, three weeks after they got married, he went off and fought in the war in Europe for four years. So during those four years, my grandmother put herself through Bible school. And so she was getting a degree, educating herself, coming back so she could resource and be a blessing to the community uh, and be a blessing to this church. And then, while my grandfather was gone, he started another family in Europe. <laughs> um, you know, and to his credit, I guess you could say, he, you never know if you're going to come back in those situations. Back then, right, you're in, you're in Europe for four years, you're fighting, you're not sure if you're going to come back. You know, things change, right? It's not like you can Skype or FaceTime. Things, things, things are different. I'm not excusing it, but he wasn't a believer then. But the decisions they made when they came back was what really made the most about building a legacy for the future. Because when he came back, after four years, my grandmother and him uh, reconciled. He told her what had happened. They decided not to say anything to anybody. They went on and lived their lives. They, they had children. They, those children had children. And I'm thankful for their commitment to stay together because that's the only reason why I'm here today is because of their commitment to the Lord. But Ten years before he died, my Uncle Pete reached out to him and connected, and it's a beautiful story now to see how God has worked through that. But I say all that to say to you, many times when you hear Christians talk about their legacy, you think, oh, you guys just got this cookie-cutter life. Everything's great, right? You don't have drama. You don't have chaos. You don't have all the struggle of life. Let me tell you something. Life is hard for everyone. But the choices you make determine the legacy you're leaving. Do you want to, to, in those moments where the life doesn't work out the way you thought, does that crush you? Does that cause you to get off track? Or do you stay focused on him because you're building your life on him? And you begin to work forward from there, right? So when that happens, you begin to see emotional well-being and personal values change. When my grandfather came home, he he got saved. He became a pillar in the church, pillar in the community. And he and my grandmother raised their family in church, and the rest is literally Hittish history. But one of the things that happens when we begin to build our lives on the Lord and build for the future is that it doesn't just give us that emotional well-being and develop those personal values in us that we need to pass down, but it also strengthens communities and societies. You know, families are not just supposed to be uh, a unit for themselves, but they're supposed to be integral in uh, sharing that light into the community, right? And legacies are important, and the decisions you make are important. If you look and see all the histories, in all history, all the families, right? You can go through Rockefellers, DuPonts, the, the um, Vanderbilts, the, the Gettys, all the different families, the Kennedys, the Bushes, right? All the ones, if you, if you watch the, the Legacy, the Dynasty movies, right? When you see how those families, the peak of their, of their influence, and then all of a sudden how far many of them have fallen, um, if you just study some of the, some of the money and the, and the amount of money they had back then in those days, it just goes to show that if somebody builds something and it does some good, if it's not continued and, 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 and you aren't perpetuating that goodness, it's going to crumble and fall, right? When you let chaos come in, 
and you let all the bad decisions come in. And so that's important, but we are called not just to develop stable families that have healthy, moral, godly lifestyles, but we're supposed to go and influence communities as well. Because what's it all about? It's about building and sustaining a family legacy. You may not have children, but you have somebody that you can influence. You may not be in a situation where you feel like that you are influencing someone. There will come a day in your life where you are an influence to someone. And what choice you make determines how they're going to live their lives. Now, you can't be responsible for all their decisions, but make no mistake about it. Our decisions matter. And so we, may, we can't go back and change the past, but we can change today, right? We can't wallow in, in misery because of the mistakes we made in the past, but we can grow today. And we can choose today that we're going to live for the Lord. And that's where his grace abounds in our lives. I don't have to wall around in sorrow saying, God, I, I'm, I'm sorry that I missed the mark so many times. He's like, it's okay, I'm here with you. My grace abounds in your lives. Let's get it right today. And so today can be a day where we begin to correct some things. Because it's about building and sustaining. And so some of you are building today something new. Some of you are establishing something that you never have felt that was there before. Others need to sustain what's been given to them. That they've been given a precious gift, a precious, precious legacy, and they shouldn't squander it. They should hold on to it and cling to it and build it. And so to do that, we need to be intentional. How many of you guys have goals in your life? You know, I got plans, man. I got goals. I want to accomplish things. Right? You have goals that what you want to accomplish for the week or for the day or for the year or for, for a season or for your lifetime. Right? We have goals as a church that we're working towards, and we have goals as a family that we're working towards. Everybody has goals, right? Part of understanding where God wants us to go as a family and as individuals goes, plays into how we build our lives. If you know God's calling you to do this, if you know that God is leading you in this direction, then the decisions you make and the decisions that you um, participate in or the actions that you participate in, it all matters because you are setting goals. And so you are being strategic with that. And so what is God telling you to do today? What is God calling you to do? Begin to make those decisions that will, will add to accomplishing those goals. Because here's the goal. The ultimate goal for all of us as believers should be this, that we build our lives on God. Because he never changes. He never changes. Right? That's what Proverbs 19.21 said. Many are the plans that are in a person's mind, but it's the counsel of the Lord that stands. Now let me bring it all together for you here this morning. In Luke chapter 6, Jesus was sharing this truth. He said, everyone who comes to me and listens to my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on bedrock. And when a flood came, the river burst against that house, but could not shake it, because it had been well built. Well built. Now, this is an important truth that we see here, because when you break down this word, I, I highlighted uh, dug down deep, because what that shows us is two different Greek verbs. Two different Greek verbs that are used there. There's one that says who dug, and that's uh, a skyen. And then dug deep, which is abakunin. 
Now, the reason why it's important to know they use two different Greek verbs there is because the author is clearly trying to show us the intention that the person had who heard the word of the Lord and was willing to dig down deep. As deep as it took, for as long as it took, to make sure that their house was built on something solid. They didn't give up halfway through. They didn't say, well, that's good enough. Right? There are phrases and like idioms and colloquialisms in our cultures, like good enough for government, right? Or that looks good for my house and, and things like that that we say, right? Uh, I was talking to um, one of the members in the church the other day about uh, the difference between a carpenter and a cabinet maker. you know the difference between a carpenter and a cabinet maker? Eighth of an inch. It's a joke that you get, I guess, if you're a cabinet maker or a carpenter. I'm neither, but, but it made sense when we were talking about craftsmen, right? Either way, we put all these phrases together, and it points to this truth that sometimes in our lives, um, people give up and don't give their best. People get conditioned to just going a certain distance, devoting themselves to a certain point, and then they just stop. But when it comes to building a legacy for the future, there is no moment in your life where you say, okay, I guess I'm good now. Because the moment that we give up and the moment that we stop building our lives and seeking to build our lives on the truth and the sure foundation is the moment we begin to let cracks come in and imperfections come in and things begin to fall short. And so it means that if we're going to devote ourselves to living for the Lord, then we've got to be willing to dig deep. You guys ever uh, dug a ditch before by hand? Right? Hard work, right? Hard work. When I lived in Ohio, I think they did that to us just to see if we would cry and quit. And so we were digging ditches for, like, cable. We were digging ditches for telephone poles. We were digging ditches for uh, mailboxes, all kinds of stuff. And I used to think, my goodness, I imagine people have died digging ditches before, and they just bury them in the ditch. It's so deep, it feels like. And just have a funeral right there for him. <laughs> Here lies the so-and-so that dug this ditch to his last breath. That's the kind of work that it felt like, right? Many of you know that kind of labor that I'm talking about, right? Do you know when they, when they built or uh, created the Panama Canal, uh, 46,000 people died. 46,000 people died building the Panama Canal, which connects the Pacific and the Atlantic. Right? It's made Panama City like a thriving metropolis because of the Panama Canal. So 40,000 French citizens and about 6,000 American citizens died building the Panama Canal. Now people drive through and they're like, sweet, man, that's cool. But they don't realize the people that have paved the way for that to even happen. So sometimes we don't even fully understand the sacrifices that people make. Or we don't give ourselves the opportunity or those that come after us an opportunity to experience that because we are just unwilling to keep digging. So what does that scripture mean? Well, it's clearly talking about the word of the Lord. You do any study, it's talking about that. This is somebody that hears my word and listens to it and puts it into practice. They're like somebody who was building a house who dug down deep and built it on that rock so that when the waves of life would come, that house would not fall because it was well built. You see, the difference is that if we build it on us, if we build it on our plans, if we build it on our passions, if we build it on our feelings, it will be as if we were building our lives on sand. Because again, 
our choices, our passions, the things that we're about, it changes. It changes. But the word of the Lord never changes. That's why John 1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In the very beginning, before there was even a beginning, the word existed. That's what it means for us today. And so what decisions are we going to make in building our lives on him? I'm going to challenge you this morning with a few questions, and I want you to think about it today as we get ready to to pray together this morning and take communion. Again, some of you today have a moment to build on something. Maybe you've made bad choices, and it's caused your life to be in shambles. Today can be the day where you start to build on something solid. Today can be the day where you start to, to stop those passions that don't give you the fulfillment that you need. You know, we prayed for my dad for 38, 40 years. My mom did before he got saved. Me, I prayed for him for about 20-some 20, 20 years, however long I was alive before he got saved. And there were times where other people have prayed for children, they've prayed for spouses, they've prayed for siblings, they've prayed for their parents, they've prayed for so many different people, friends who they love. And at times it, it's easy to grow weary because you're like, it's, it's, I just don't think it's going to happen. I just don't think it's going to happen. We have to stay committed to trusting the Lord and building our lives on Him, knowing that there are only, there's only so much that we can do, but He can do anything. He can do anything. He can open the eyes of the blind. He can cause those that are lame to get up and walk again. He can, he can restore all the years, all the years that have been stolen. He can bring it back. That's the kind of God we serve. And so don't sit here and think because you, haven't start, you haven't, didn't start soon enough that you can't build something meaningful that's going to last. You can build something meaningful today. And if you've squandered the blessings that you've been given and you feel like that uh, you haven't sustained what's been given to you, you can pick back up today and you can keep on going. And you can begin to, to build that legacy. I'm telling you, we'll never be able to change what happened yesterday. But today can be a day where we can set things right so that tomorrow will be a better day. Now, we're not guaranteed tomorrow, but we know that God is sovereign and if he sees fit to bring us into another day or a new season or however long he has us living here in this life, if we put our faith in him, he will begin to build a legacy, that he will begin to establish something in us that will go on further than us. And that's what we're called to do, right? Because that's what the kingdom is about. It's not about us. It's about what we can do to build the kingdom. And so we've seen that houses rise and houses fall. Dynasties rise and fall. Kingdoms rise and fall. Nations rise and fall. Do you know who endures forever? The Lord. His kingdom shall stand forever. And so if we don't build our lives on Jesus, on the rock, if we don't build our lives on his word, then we are no different than these kingdoms that have risen up with all these passion, all these desires, and all these plans. And one day, people might read about us in a history book, but if we live our lives for Jesus and we do our part, to build the kingdom, there are eternal consequences that will far outweigh our lives. And so that's what we're called to do today. Build something. Sustain something. So I want to pray with you today. Will you bow your heads with me? I want you to think about these truths for a few moments before we 
take communion this morning. What principles in your lives are you passing down to those around you? What principles in your lives are you passing down to those around you? Are you showing them all the chaos that is going to fill their lives? Are you trying to break those chains? Because if we don't break those chains in our lives, if we don't make those commitments, it will affect those around us. And so what principles are we passing down to those around us? Secondly, how do we encourage those around us to work towards making other people's lives better? Serving others, being committed to others. What are we doing to encourage that? Not just by what we say, by what we do. What are they seeing from us? Thirdly, what can we improve and where can we improve our efforts to honor the past? Now, some of you today might be saying, I don't want to honor the past because it's been full of chaos. It's been full of destruction. And the Lord has delivered me from that. The Lord has delivered me from that chaos, and now I'm building on Him. As believers, we still have a legacy to follow. The Bible says that Jesus is the chief cornerstone and that we are living stones that are built on Him that have been passed down from the apostles and prophets, that have been given to us through Jesus, and now it's up to us. And so we have a legacy, whether it's an earthly legacy or a supernatural legacy. If we've been called a child of God and we've built our lives on Jesus, we need to work towards honoring those who have gone before us. We need to work towards honoring those who have sacrificed, who have labored, who have proudly laid down their lives for the cause of Christ. That needs to be our desire. So how can we and where can we better honor the past? And lastly, what are we working on that will benefit those that come after us? Our families, our friends, those that we're in fellowship with. What are we doing? How are we building our lives so that we can bless others? We've been given such an incredible gift if we profess faith in Jesus that we are walking in newness of life. But make no mistake about it, if we keep walking in brokenness, giving in to all of our sinful desires, then we will always reap what we sow. And so today, we have an opportunity to sow into the kingdom, to let God come into our lives and break the chains of bondage, break the chains so that we can find deliverance, and we can begin to build something today. I believe it. I believe the Lord wants to break the chains of bondage today. He wants to change the course of a family. That somebody could say, you know what? Back in the day, my, my grandmother, my grandfather, this person on July 16th, they made a commitment to live for Jesus, and it changed the course of our entire family. Because they made a commitment to live for the Lord on this day. Well, let this be a day that people don't remember what I said, but they remember what you spoke to them. That they remember that this is a day that you opened their eyes to see their need to live for you. And Lord, as we get ready to come down here and partake of these elements, Lord, may we all collectively evaluate our hearts today. 
Lord, is there anything in our lives that we are holding on to that is creating chaos and destruction? Lord, are there anything, is there anything in our lives that is keeping us from honoring you? Lord, you know everything. All hearts are open. All desires are known to you. No secrets are hid from you, Lord. You see everything. And so, God, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts today by the inspiration of your Spirit, God, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your name. Lord, may you speak to our hearts today. And may you minister to us today, God. Lord, as we think about the things we've done in this life, Lord, we know that we've sinned against you. Lord, we confess to that today. We know that we've missed the market times. Your word says that we've all fallen short of your moral standard. We've all fallen short, God, but when those things happen and those moments arise, what are we building our lives on? Lord, help us to build our lives on you. That even though we fall short, Lord, and we leave things undone or we don't love people or you with our whole heart or we don't show them the love like we need to, Lord, that you can cause us to be humble enough to repent and to come back to you and to let you keep building your lives, building our lives on you, Lord. Lord, we know that your word says that in your great mercy, you have promised forgiveness to all those who sincerely repent with true faith and turn to you. You're giving us an option today to turn to you, to repent, to come back, to not just feel sorrow today, but to understand that you're calling us to turn away and to come to you. Lord, you're calling us to do that today. And you're faithful to forgive those that do it today, God. Lord, you're faithful to have mercy upon us, to pardon us and deliver us, God, to confirm and strengthen us, God, and to bring us to everlasting life. And so, Lord, help us today to follow you. Help us today to understand that these elements and these gifts that we give to you today, Lord, we celebrate the memorial of our redemption by understanding that you've made a way for us. You've made a way through Christ in his broken body and his shed blood to receive forgiveness today. And so we offer the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. And we offer you these gifts, God, today. We pray that you sanctify them by your word and Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, and that you sanctify us also, that we may worthily receive this holy sacrament and be made one body with him, that he may dwell in us and we in him. Lord, that you continue to move in us, continue to let your glory shine in us. Lord, today I pray that those who are in this room and those who are watching with us would collect their thoughts and gather today knowing that as Jesus Christ taught us may we be bold enough to pray to you our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Lord, we don't presume to come down to this table, your table, trusting in our own righteousness. Lord, our righteousness is as filthy rags. We are unworthy to come down here, but you still make a way for us. Because you are the same God who forgives, 
who offers grace. Lord, we're not worthy to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you have mercy on us. And so, Lord, grant us today as we partake of this, Lord, that you would um, clean us, God, purify us in our bodies, that our souls would be washed with your precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell with you, God. God, I pray for deliverance today. Lord, I pray for victory today in a way that only your shed blood could accomplish. Lord, you can break the chains of bondage. You can break the yoke of iniquity. You can bring deliverance today. You can change the course of an individual's life and a family's life. God, you can do it. You have done it. You have given us everything we need for life and godliness. You have prepared for us these incredible gifts. The gifts of God for the people of God. So Lord, may we today, may we receive them today. May we take them in remembrance that Christ died for us. And may we feed on him in our hearts by faith with thanksgiving. And as we partake and are sustained today by these elements, Lord, we know that we are sustained by Jesus who is in heaven at the right hand of the Father. We thank you today, Jesus, for your sacrifice. We pray that you be present today as you were in the breaking of our bread, just like you were the night you broke it with your disciples. And may you bring victory today. Here's what I want us to do before we come down here. I want you to take a couple minutes, and I want you to think about, we don't always do this, but I think it's important today. Think about what you're building your life on and who you are building your life on. And as we get ready to prepare ourselves to come down here, if you're ready to make some changes and to lay down any of those flawed, broken parts of your life that you think are holding you up, but they're actually eroding away your foundation. If you're willing to make that commitment today as you come down here, if you'd recognize that you want to publicly call on us as a church to pray with you, or if you need prayer for deliverance, you need prayer for some sort of bondage to be broken from your life, God has opened your eyes to see that today. As we get ready to come down here to partake of these elements, would you be so bold as you come to step to the side and let us pray with you? But let us offer up a prayer of agreement, a prayer of deliverance, believing that this is an opportunity that God has given you. We won't get this opportunity again. In His grace, God may give us another opportunity. But right now in this moment, this is the grace that God is bestowing upon us. That He's given us an opportunity to come and to repent and to turn back to Him. So I want you to take a few moments. I'm going to just be silent. And I want us to think about that for a moment. And then I'm going to invite you to come here in a moment. So would you just... Let God speak to your hearts for a few moments. Hey, thank you for watching today's podcast. We hope that you will continue to join us and subscribe. Remember, we're just real people trying to show real love from a real God. And everything that you do to help with that uh, brings glory to God. So thank you, guys. Take care.